one chorus continued to dominate the media airwaves. It was over to you, Jolati. Over to you, Jolati, was synonymous with many Ghanaian journalists because we all grew up hearing over to you, Jolati, over to you, Jolati. But where did this all start and how did it become so synonymous with many commentators in the Ghanaian game? Well, today, here on Prime Tech, we are speaking to the man who created the Over to You Jolati, Jolati Senior, to speak to us on a lot of things about his life. We've, we've probably heard of his public life because he was in the media space. But what are some of the things that we do not have an idea about him? Jolati, my guest here on Prime Tech, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. I feel honored, highly honored. About him. Yolati, my guest here on Prime Tech. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. I feel honored, highly honored. And for you to be thinking of a 96-year-old man and then pack your, your camera and other uh, accoutrement. <laughs> yep. and my mother were all leaders of the Methodist Church okay. at Collegono. Uh, they played a major role in the establishment of the Mount Zion Church of today. And my dad, as well as my mother, they were very strict. So strict that I had an English friend who nicknamed my dad as Killjoy Father. Killjoy. Because I wasn't allowed to do many things. I wasn't allowed to go to cinema. I wasn't allowed to do sports. I wasn't allowed to practice music. I remember very well that uh, my brother-in-law, brother-in-law, the man who married my sister, had an organ in his house. And he decided to teach me to play the organ. And I went to, the play, uh, to his house one night to learn to play the organ. When I came back, my dad gave me a good hiding. I was sick for about two weeks. Hmm? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it made me very sad. Then I gave up. I gave up uh, the organ. Then, at school, government school in Accra, I joined the school band. And I was playing the side drum. So I was playing the side drum on the day the then Asantehini visited Accra. And my dad was with an uncle of mine on top of what we call uh, ABBA, AME, today. They, are okay. AME, okay. they were up there and they were watching the scene. And I came along playing the side drum with a band. And my father saw me. The next day, he went to Accra Government Boys School where I was attending, went to the headmaster, H.M. Grant was the name, and told him to get me out of the band. And I was cashiered from the band immediately. I stopped playing the band. So many things. I wanted to play the mandolin. Yeah. Mandolin. I brought a mandolin to the house. The old man saw it. He took it and broke it up. Then the owner came. The owner came demanding the, the uh, mandolin, and he paid for it. And that was the end of my mandolin course. 
in a very interesting way, very strict. Seven o'clock, the, the, the gate to the house was locked with a big padlock. Nobody went out, nobody came in. You know, and uh, I, I wasn't allowed to have friends. I didn't have friends, but the few friends that I had, my dad would always order six uniforms for school, six. And I used to give them to my friends, give some of them to my friends over the wall. I threw it over, you know. So uh, the childhood was pretty tough, very tough. Very tough. And it led, it led in some way to my joining the British Navy at the age of 16. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. I joined the British Navy at the age of 16. Went to war. I'm an ex-service man. And when um, we were, they were bound, let, let me say we, because I was part of them, we marched to the castle, the 28th February incident. Yeah, I was part of it. I was in my naval uniform, a uh, small boy. My grandmother said, don't go, you don't go, and I went. When the shooting took place and we ran back and I was trying to get back to the house, my grandmother said they should open the gate for <laughs> Interesting. So really? they, yeah. I'm an ex-serviceman. I had my medals. And I can tell you the story of my medals. I had a, a classmate from Accra Government Boys School. When I was, I was transferred to teach at LAT from Accra Government Boys School, when I was, I was transferred to teach at LAT. He increased with Fuller's concerns about the sustainability of the scheme if drastic measures are not taken to review contributions. Speaking on PM Express Business Edition, the Chief Executive Officer of the MPRA, Hifford Atakofi, said it was time to engage various stakeholders on the issue. Sustainability is very important because that is what, you know, keeps systems running. You know, whilst you are in a particular... I could get him a job. I could get him into, you know, something to do. A day came, I left the house and went to school. By the time I got back, he had child of, it, of uh, the two of them. Okay. But my father had some other children oh, okay. before he, he took my wife, my mother. Your mother. Mm. Ah, okay. So he, 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 was he in the military? Why, why was he so no, strict? Uh, Your father? My, my father was um, a civil servant. A civil servant in the Treasury Department. Okay. Yeah. He served in Cape Coast, uh, served in Tamale, you know, before he retired at the age of 54. In those days, we were retiring at that age. Oh, okay. You know. Oh, okay. Okay. So, 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 so tell me, do, do you have other siblings? Yes, I have a number of siblings. Oh, okay. That is an aspect of my life which will appear in the, in the memoir. <laughs> I, I won't tell you. Oh, oh you're writing a memo. <laughs> I'm writing a memo. Oh, wow. And, you know, my life without a memo will be like uh, Shakespeare without my birth. <laughs> <laughs> but but how, many, how many siblings do you have? Siblings? Yeah. Uh, right now, I have two. Okay. Uh, a, a lady and uh, a, a gentleman. So, how was it like with your siblings growing up? Oh, well, in actual fact, when my father married my mother, 
they had me and a second one called Nate. Okay. And he died at the age of seven. Oh. So I was left alone. And because I was the only one between the two of them, that was one of the reasons why they were so strict. They wanted to ensure that I, I, I survived. And I think they were right. Here am I, 96. I've survived. My father died at 84. And I have lived up to 96. My mother died at uh, 81, uh, 91. 91, my mother died. And I buried my mother. I buried my mother with the help of other siblings. And, you know, My mother also had one or two children before she, she met my, my dad. Okay. And I have a big picture of the two of them. Yeah, I've in, seen it here. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I've, I've seen it here. So, yeah. so, 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 so tell me, um, how were you able to get yourself into the Navy when, <laughs> despite how strict your father yeah. was? Oh, yeah. I ran away. I bolted. That's, that's the, way to, the way to use. I bolted from the house for my family. And uh, I worked it all out with friends. I went, at that time, during the war, uh, the British Navy was recruiting some Ghanaians at Takradi. I think they still have a base there, you know, Takradi base. So we are raised. I, I was only 16. So we had to falsify my age, you know, so that I could get into the Navy. By the time they knew I wasn't the cor I didn't give them the correct age, it was too late. I had, I had taken the oath, and therefore they couldn't uh, get me out. So I continued until the end of the war. You know. which, which war was that? The, was sec the, the Second World the War. The Second World War. Yeah, the Hitler War. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But what age did you give them? You were 16, what did you 23. You give <laughs> 23. So you added seven years your age. And I had to brush my hair backwards to make me look old. And Funny things we did. Funny things. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's quite an interesting one. Yeah. But, but at, what, at what point did you switch into sports? Because many of us know you for your broadcasting career. My dad did not allow me to do sports. He didn't allow me, but I did sports. And when I started doing commentary on GBC, he sent for me and he said, who taught you to play football? I played, I learned to play football partly in the Navy. When I came out and I, I went into teaching, I, I was also playing for doing sports. You know, so you know, he, he, he was disappointed. Uh, uh, so when you came back from the Navy, did you go back to the house? Because you bolted to go to the Navy. Did you go back home? Yes, I bolted. But, but I, I, I went to, I went to, my dad was streaking. He was, you know, emaciated. I came, he had a big towel around his waist. And we, we embraced each other. He held me. And he said, he looked at me. I was in my neighbor uniform. Then he said, and I could said I did not know that the Navy could make boys out of could make men out of boys, on coats. And then we shook hands and I started telling him the stories, some of the things that I had done in the Navy. I said, 
it was a, a memorable occasion. I've never forgotten it. So this one, when you came back, he didn't fight you? No, he didn't fight me. He was happy I was back. Very happy. You don't know the thing they did for me. Through a party and so on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it wasn't a joke. The boy, has, the boy became a man. Oh, yeah. You know, the prodigal son. Yeah, the <laughs> prodigal son, actually. <laughs> Yeah. But, but let's let's move to your your professional career. That's right. Uh, I think we we heard a lot about your journalism career. Yeah. How did it start? Well, it started like most people. You know, you start writing a little bit on your own, yes. maybe writing to uh, newspapers. In our time, in in the days that uh, uh, we had Azikiwe, who became a president in America. Namdi Asikiwe. He ah. was in Ghana. Oh, really? And 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 he was a, one of the people. One of them is he's the former Nigerian leader. Oh yes, he was here, and he was one of the people who opened the eyes of the Ghanaian youth to independence. They started clamoring for, you know, this and that during during his time here. So the British government in Ghana. Cashiered him. They, they sent him out of Ghana. They, they took him to court, charged him with, uh, they gave him a, 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 a charge of sedition or something. Yeah. And, and they, deported from, they deported him from Ghana. And my eldest brother, he was interested in Azikiwe. He was one of the uh, apostles of Azikiwe. You know? And from that association, I learned a lot from my eldest brother. Yankra, okay. you know. So Azikiwe left Ghana, and after he left, things started taking. We had newspapers. He was he was in charge of one of the newspapers in Ghana. I think it was the Morning Post. Okay, you know, he was editing, and his editor his editorials were stinking. He was, you know, uh, bamboozling the the British uh, colonial system. Uh, and they didn't like him. So I think they managed to get him out. He left Ghana, and people were sorry. You know. So from there, I started having ideas about journalism, how to write. And my eldest brother gave me a little bit of tuition, allowed me to read, read, and read. And when, we were, when I was in the Navy, interesting, when I was in the Navy, we were running shifts. On the ship, we ran shifts. Morning shift, afternoon shift, night shift, and so on. And during our free time, when we weren't on duty, we practiced public speaking. Oh, okay. So we wrote topics on pieces of paper, folded them, put them into a hat, and then you picked, when you picked a subject, then you had to speak on it. That was the beginning of my interest in public speaking. And when I came, I was discharged. There was a shop in Accra, Luthor Street. Yes. There was a, a bookshop there. That was where I bought my first public speaking book called Public Speaking and Influencing Men in Business. That's the title of a book. You know. So it, it, it developed. It developed one interesting. Eh? From one thing to the other. Oh, yeah. So I, I learned to, to do sport outside my home. 
I learned to do sport outside my home. And it, it, it helped me. You see, because later on, later in my life, later in my life, I managed with the, I got a friend, an American uh, Peace Corps retired fellow. The two of us, we brought Toastmasters to Ghana. And Toastmasters today, we have about 30 clubs in Ghana. Oh, wow. Teaching people how to speak in, in, without fear, with, without hesitation. You know? So, so, so before you got into journalism fully, at, in fact, which year did you get into journalism? I can't tell you. You know, the beginning was checking. Yeah. So I can't say exactly. But um, I got into it. I never went to the uh, training school here. Yeah. The Institute of Journalism. Journalism. I organized my first public speaking course in in Institute of Journalism. No, you never did that. Was twenty fourth, twenty fourth May, nineteen something. I've forgotten it. Yeah, I can, I can I can I can understand. Yeah. But there was this interesting story about one Richard Aque. Okay. Richard Aque. Yes. The Lion Hat. The Lion Hat. That's right. Tell us about him because we are made to understand that like, he was one of the founding fathers of Ghana football. Yeah, correct. He played a major role. And uh, he and one Adakwa from Ashanti, they played a major role in the founding and development of especially the league system. It took a lot of time for the league system to operate as we are doing it today. It, they will start, it will collapse, they will start, it will collapse, and so on. So it wasn't easy. And Richard Akwe, the Lionheart, he was chairman. Este es el mejor momento para preparar tu hogar para las fiestas y recibir a los invitados. Porque en The Home Depot encuentras ahorros de hasta 40% en baños seleccionados por Internet. Además de entrega gratis en todos los tocadores y grifos por Internet. Deja tu casa lista para esas visitas esperadas. Familia, amigos, vecinos... Y las inesperadas. Deja tu baño listo para las fiestas con ahorros de hasta 40% en tocadores y grifos en The Home Depot. Haces más. Logras más. As chairman, and he was very strict. Maybe, maybe, I'm saying maybe, he was dictatorial in some of his uh, activities, but there he was. And he played a good role, helping to make football or soccer um, a, 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 thorough, a thoroughly Enjoy good thing. Sport. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, uh, we, we, we respected him. He, he founded a school. He had a school in Accra, uh, a very big school. I think the school is still there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I remember um, reading about the, f the football history of Ghana, mm -hmm. where in the, 19, in the 1940s, yeah. he accused um, Kofi Bedu mm -hmm. of using his pen to get him out of power because... Uh, the Black Stars then were supposed to go to the UK for some friendly games. For a and tour, and yeah. Yes. Uh, well, Kofi Badu, Kofi Badu had a pen that I think we haven't had again in, in journalism in Ghana. He was a terrific writer. And if you ask me, I'll say he had a poison pen. <laughs> yeah. 
when Dr. Abuzia became prime minister of this country, his writings were some of the factors that got Abuzia out. Wow. Oh, yeah. He could write, and his command of the English language, superb. Quite recently, I wrote to him. I wanted to visit the Asante Hini, and uh, he never wrote back. I don't know why. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. he's he's so busy. Maybe he maybe when he hears this, he'll call you. Maybe when he hears this, he'll call you. But 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 talk to us about the football history. Um, you spoke about the Lion Heart, yeah. where, like I mentioned, he accused Kofi Bedu of using his pen to get him out of power. Mm-hmm. And he just mentioned that his pen was too poisonous. So yeah. the poisonous pen got Richard Akwee out of power. Then a champion, right? Oh well, Richard, after Richard Okwe, a whole lot of things happened. Yeah. Development of the, you know, one time good, another time bad, and so on. So we got, we've now been able to study, to make uh, the league system work. But I understand why you in journalism. I was in journalism from '61. Oh, pro- okay. Professionally. Oh, okay. That was when I joined the uh, GBC. GBC. Yeah. And. Initially, I wasn't going to be, to be with the sports department. I was, I was sent to the talks and features department, department, talks and features. And I was writing stories and editing uh, stories that other people wrote from outside. Editing them because I had a teaching experience and they thought my English was good. So I was doing this editing. Then somebody took ill in the sports department. Oh, okay. And uh, a man called Festus had died. He's, uh, can, he joined the army later. Yeah. So he, was, uh, he ended up as Kennel Adai. He was in charge of the sports department. The sports department was known as the outside broadcast department. The outside broadcast department, which we call the OBs, yeah. the outside broadcast department contained the sports department. So the real name of the department that I later joined was OBs. OBs, the main thing they did was sports and ceremonials. Oh, okay. You get it? So somebody felt sick in the OBs department and was out of work. And I was asked to go on relieving duties at the OBs. So I went. And when, after I had, the man was about returning to the department, Festus Adai refused to let me go back because he thought I was a good material for the OB's department. There was a tug of war between him and the head of programs, a a very tough guy called uh, Joe Gatti, not Lati, Joe Gatti. He was the head of programs. And they tussled, tussled. Eventually, Festus won the tussling. And I was asked to stay in the, in the OB's department. Then I took up the commentary, and I'm telling you the story of how we, we, the, the, the over to you developed. Yeah. My boss was Kennel Festus Adai. He was a very good commentator. He had a very good voice. I, I, I always tell people he had a velvet voice, beautiful voice. and. He saw what I could do. So anytime there was a comment, something to be done, sports and 
he will start, or he will ask me to start, tell people about the scene, and then when I, I'm finished with the scene, he will take over. I say, over to you, Pastor. When he finishes, they will say, over to you, Joe. And we covered the number. When the Queen visited Ghana the first time, he and I, and somebody from uh, BBC okay. called Godfrey Talbot, we were sitting on a tall um, scaffolding at the airport. When the Queen arrived, he came, she came in a Boeing 707. And when the, the, the plane stopped and she, she, she descended, she said, I am here at last. Unquote. I am here at last. Why? Because the visit of a queen to Ghana that time kicked up a lot of national debate. Should she come or not come? Should she come or not come? And it went forwards and backwards. Halfway through the process, the queen was pregnant. She had a baby and so couldn't come. And finally, the queen came. So when she landed in this uh, tropical, uh, you know, yeah. she said, I am here at last. And then the chiefs with the umbrellas, the exhaust from the 707 was blowing their umbrellas. <laughs> and the whole place was agog. Wow. Ah, you know, that was one of the interesting topics, I mean, top, interesting uh, yeah, yeah, that that we covered. Yeah. Starting this October 20th to 11th of November, the African Football League, who is going to be crowned Africa's champion of champions and take the lion's share of the 14.4 million prize money. Catch all the games streaming at www.aflafrica and on FIFA Plus. The African Football League, our game, our home. Now let's shine together. Hello kids! Are you ready to turn up the heat 